Welcome to the Birth Ed Podcast, where we open up conversations about all aspects of pregnancy, birth and parenthood, so you feel fully informed, confident and positive about what this journey might entail. I'm Megan Rossiter, founder of Birth Ed and your host here at the Birth Ed Podcast. Birth Ed offers comprehensive, positively presented antenatal and hypnobirthing classes, both in person and online. So if you like what you hear, be sure to come check us out on our website or social media. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Believe me when I say we will leave no stone unturned when it comes to preparing you for your pregnancy, birth and the postnatal period. Okay, welcome back to the next episode of the Birth Ed podcast. Um, I'm joined today by our guest, Natalie Meddings, who is a doula, uh, active birth yoga teacher, an author, founder of Tell Me A Good Birth Story and mum of three. Um, My reason for inviting Natalie today was sort of first and foremost to kind of chat about the role of a doula in pregnancy, birth and parenthood, um, which we'll hopefully uncover in this episode. Um, But sort of crucially importantly to me um also because of natalie's unfaltering drive to make birth better for women so welcome natalie thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me um so i suppose let's kind of dive right in at this point um some of our listeners will probably know what a doula is but probably quite a lot of us um quite a lot of the listeners are thinking you know what what is a doula what what is this word that maybe we've never heard before what do you do um so to really nail it, it's a birth companion. Simple, simply put, it's somebody who is um, with experience of birth, knowledge of birth, um, possibly a mother herself, who um, is really so familiar that they can guide an, a, a, a pregnant woman who hasn't experienced it before, or even second or third babies, obviously, but somebody who wants support, and um, we guide them through. Um, one of the standard definitions is um, we offer practical and emotional support. Um, as opposed to anything clinical. I think that that can sound a bit woolly, and the more I've said it over the years, you know, it sort of gets rolled out. I still think that leaves a lot of uh, questions, like, which yeah. we can possibly Yeah, hopefully we'll yeah, dive yeah, into yeah, that yeah, today. Yeah. Um, I think, as well, there's a bit of a, um, what would you call it? Some doulas and doula trainers would question the word support, because it tends to imply two things which are mistaken, which are one, that we're there to um, kind of coach. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not coaches, really important to understand that. And we're not there to rescue. So if somebody's definition of support is either of those two things, like we're here to tell you what to do, or we're here to um, sort of, um, yeah, that you're going through something slightly unendurable and therefore we have to kind of lift it off you, that isn't, it's ne- neither of those things. It, the experience of the doula, her own experience and confidence in birth is imparted to the woman in the preparation sessions and antenatal uh, meetings, the, the relationship that develops in the pregnancy. Can you imagine, like, so there's a trust. You know, I, so I, as a doula, will trust birth, and that trust then is imparted to the woman to trust her own body, to mm-hmm. trust birth. You know? yeah. So it's a kind of osmosis thing. And then on the day itself, or the night itself, or as when the birth begins, we are really just enacting that almost symbolically. Like we often sometimes don't do anything; we just be like, you might have heard people knit. You know, the famous knitting yeah. midwife. Well, there's the knitting doula. You know, we we knit, crochet, read, sleep, 
it, and it's just to kind of be there as a presence that makes the woman feel safe, um, secure. We're protecting her, if you like, from stimulation. There is, of course, some hands-on stuff. Of course, we do massage, running a bath, reassuring words, um, helping them to get into positions that are going to help things along. But you wouldn't do that by default. Mm-hmm. You would see how things are going. You know, some births, I'm literally lying down at, next to her, or not even there, in the, on the landing or something, another room because she's just fine um other births i can literally come out and hardly be able to walk because i've, <laughs> I've been having people hang off my neck yeah or my uh, i've got loads of terrible arthritis now because of pressing people so hard with my thumbs so, <laughs> so um, you know it is literally how long is a piece of string sometimes it is hands-on um yeah so that's um the first obvious definition i think the other thing i like to i've started talking about more and i did this i talked about this recently um just to, uh, to a few people that was that I think the reason people don't or can't really grasp what a doula does is because really we don't really understand in our society what labor involves mm. and if you if people in general truly understood what labor involves is in the depth the intensity the stages the what has to happen side to mm. it the need of a woman in labor if they if people really understood the needs the question about what does a doula do wouldn't even come into play. But it's because there's such a gulf between the reality and what people expect. And in that, there's a vacuum, actually, of knowledge, yeah. which I think is incredible in 2019, actually. The, the average person on the street doesn't really have any idea. It, 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 we said this on Facebook the other day, a few of us were saying, it's like you have to remake the wheel every mm. time because somehow our society, though full of knowledge now as a result of the internet and people really sort of, are, you know, they know everything, just by you know, click of a finger. Yeah. Oddly, pregnancy and birth remain very um, subject to whatever message you come across. So it can be, you know, subject to the opinion of a certain teacher. It can be the, a, a particular book, or it can be who your fr- your yeah. friend told you. Rather than what surely given birth is biology, shouldn't there be an absolute foundation understanding? Just as we all understand what we need to go to sleep or we understand the process of aging or we understand how to soothe a baby yeah. even most people would know you rock a baby to sleep you walk them in the pram you know this basis yeah. having a baby like literally biological basics to it yeah and yet most people would still think you lay on a bed in the mm. hospital maybe even with your legs in stirrups you know there's still that idea yeah. still is around yeah and i suppose it's perpetuated by the sort of mainstream media that again mm. is kind of ignoring everything mm. that we know from i mean a don't you think that's I, I find it almost i mean i bang on this about this quite a lot but i find it almost uh, amazing the willful blind spot that medias ha- have has i mean you just don't ever see any me what newspaper you've ever seen truly mm. truly look into it and you could say oh it's or television for example so yeah. you get the one born every minute thing um and people say oh yeah but it doesn't make good telly what makes good telly is drama and blah, blah blah and i always say really because actually a baby being born in a normal way with a woman adopting positions of her choice and doing it as she would normally do it without being managed and measured and controlled in yeah. an obstetric setting is is amazing you know particularly because it's it generally would be quite surprising because it's not something that yeah, most people have ever exactly. seen before and I've, I've said it to television people over the years i said actually you wouldn't be in the room even because you shouldn't be because it's a private thing but even having a tv like um you know somebody was filming it they could just the anticipation of hearing the sounds through yeah. the room would be interesting you know uh, or that was a hush of a birth 
I think people would be surprised mm. how quiet, slow, and almost boring it. I always one of my favourite stories is how I watched. Not boring, um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But that's it. That is another thing I guess that's surprising about birth is that when I would say when you're in labour, you live in like labour time, and five minutes could be five hours, and you're kind of in your total kind of zone. Support. I don't know if you find this as a doula, but particularly this is what birth partners often find. But as a birth partner or somebody who's not in labour five minutes is five minutes yeah. and five hours is five hours so it, it, it is Time generally frame. surprising yes. how, yeah I well, suppose there's, there's how a... nothing actually happens yes but outwardly yeah um exactly. for a lot of labor um but yeah I was and, say... and that, that biolog- from a biological perspective what you've just said would be an example so a woman in labor has no temporal awareness why because temporal awareness time space mm. is uh the arena of the cortex and yeah. the cortex you know assessing where you are in any given day is rationality so the reason you have no time frame as a laboring woman is because you're not using that part of your yeah. brain you're in you're in a very very deep primal space that is a bit more like sleep or sex yeah. even or you know, that kind of involuntary state where you're you're just in flow mm. so even that most people imagine they're going to be very conscious yeah. i've heard people say oh, well, when i'm having when i'm in labor i'm going to be there and they'll point and say it's a home birth mm. or they'll, say, they'll point to where they've allotted the space and I think to myself no you, you probably won't because you think it's a rational decision like that but very often a woman who's put a birth pool in a conservatory thinking it's going to be nice to look at the view of a garden yeah. will end up in her laundry cup room yeah. you know or in a tiny tiny toilet you know because she's not going to be governed by rational decisions no. by that point she's yeah. going to be on, working on a primal script you know which is her body telling yeah. her what to do so but yeah so that's one of my big um things i suppose is that instead of unpicking the precision you know, the precise points of what doulas do it's it's first to understand that doulas demystify on every level birth i think i mean that's our job mm-hmm. has become broader and broader so we are now the old doulas of say 100 years ago of course they've existed forever there would have been the lady down the road mm. helping you would have simply turned up put the kettle on hung out the washing supported in a very sort of you know, non-verbal way, utterly. We are now like that on the birth, but actually in the, in advance of the birth, because there's so much fear, actually misconception, myth. So we have to get to work quite, you know, yeah. earlier, especially with fathers as well, or partners and parents, you know, mothers-in-law even sometimes, and explain what does a woman need to labour these. Mm. And even if you are planning medical assistance, like you want an epidural or even you know, to be honest, even if you were actually planning a cesarean, you're going to need ways to stay calm. You're going to need ways to embody, to be inside your own experience, to understand your choices. So it's even if it's that end, of, yeah. you know, or either end. It's not, that is a definition to make that doulas aren't just about natural birth, which mm. is also a myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People think that we're, we're some people say, oh, do you only support home birth, which is obviously no. not the yeah. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, so talk to me a little bit about the kind of, I mean, obviously, the kind of main difference between a midwife and a doula is that a midwife is clinically trained. She's there to care not only from a kind of emotional and practical perspective, but also from a a clinical or a medical perspective, caring for the kind of physical well-being of a mum and baby in labour. But I suppose lots of the things that you sort of mentioned when I work with kind of women earlier in pregnancy, they kind of or there's a kind of assumption that a lot of the things you mentioned are kind of what a midwife would do um but obviously kind of in the current systems that we've got midwives can be kind of dragged from dragged from that a little bit um (laughs) and whilst 
I'm sure in an absolutely ideal world, that is what all midwives would want to be doing. Um, can you talk a little bit how about how the kind of two roles complement each other or how they kind of work together and the sort of need for, for potentially both of them in labour? Yeah, um, so absolutely, as you say, there's an awful lot of demands placed on a midwife now, you know, note-taking for one. I mean, even before you've got to um, the actual physical checking of a mother, her blood pressure, fetal heart check, she has to write it all down. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying that, you know, the vast proportion of the midwives will be very... You know, emotionally attuned and caring and kind, but bear in mind it's it's not really about how much the individual can do that. It's that the system pressures mean she doesn't know that woman, so she's having to hit the ground running from the off. Um, with the experience, she's going to be able to do that quite easily. But it's not it's a bit of a lottery. So what doulas provide? In fact, maybe I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah. Example. Okay, do, I got yeah. to hospital. Um, I had got round to her house. Let's start there, and they had absolutely listened and understood and really grasped everything I'd gone through with them about what to expect. That's one of my big things, what to expect. Get people to understand what to expect, then they're not helpless. Um, so she, I got round there, and the father, who'd actually been very frightened of birth and very sort of found the whole thing really sort of like, he, was, he actually laughed out loud when I told, him, told them she wouldn't be on a bed. But, you know, very unlikely to be on a bed lying back because they're American, so they completely assumed... And the American model is very, very obstetrically based. So, so I get round there, and not they'd so taken it on that she was in the dark toilet on the floor, um, complete pitch dark, um, lying on the cold tiles of her bathroom floor, which often people report is a lovely feeling of solidity. A bathroom, it's like you've got the loo there. She'd been in the shower, and then she hadn't got any further than the sh- there. She hadn't mm. managed to get back to her bedroom. Yeah. And the clever, wonderful father, instead of kind of getting in a tears about that, he had bought her a duvet a glass of water, her hot water bottle and her lavender and he just got her comfortable there. So when I turned up, it was just so perfect and she was moaning and sighing and looking like she was really advancing. So I said, go and get a little bit of sleep and we'll see how we go. So very, not very long after, I thought, oh, you're really, really advancing here. You know, it's amazing. Um, let time to go because it was clear to me she was in strong, mm. strong, strong labour. So when we go and... It's about four in the morning. Now, this is what I mean by it being a lottery. Not in, uh, I don't mean a lottery as who you meet, but what the setup is. So you look into triage at four in the morning, you're going to have some really tired midwives. Now, if my mother, had, the mother I'm supporting, hadn't known what to expect and how to go inside herself and stay focused, I think that would have been quite a scary setting. Mm. It's brightly, brightly lit, as lit as a M&S, you know, yeah. frozen goods aisle. I mean, it's literally like the most ridiculous sterile atmosphere. Um, so the waiting room was filled with lots of strange other people, families, she's, and she's moaning and she's on her hands and knees. Mm. So you've got to understand what you're going to be going in mm. like. If you're going in in labour, which is what what they request and require, um, that's a vulnerable state, you know. And so there was nowhere to put herself, for starters. So then we get ushered into a cubicle and you have to wait 10 minutes. And it feels very like stalling and faltering, like where's the person we need? Now remember, why has a woman gone in in that moment? She needs something in the way of care. She needs somebody to take charge. Not, again, rescue her, but to sort of say, amazing, on you go. This is a... But because of triage now, there's this sort of juncture, a sort of crossroads, where women are like, what? Oh, my God, what's going... If you don't get protected, it can be very industrial that moment, right? And this midwife we met was a bit of a and flick of the curtain and take your knickers off and right let's you know that kind of it can be quite disruptive disruptive yeah. and women are like and this and you're in an intense place um 
And so that's what I was meaning by what's the difference between a doula and a midwife is that I suppose the continuity that I can provide, she knows me, trusts me. Um, she, I'm not saying you don't trust a midwife, of course you do, but it's a, it's a lot they have to do. Mm. And you can't necessarily rely on some, they're going to be rubbing your back, holding your hand, coming out with just the right word when you might need it. And to end on this story, because it was a good example actually of what does a doula do. She had a, um, a vaginal examination. You don't really need a vaginal examination to know where you are, but you know. anyway, this happened. Um, and she was having all the signs to my mind, through my experience and knowledge, mm-hmm. that she was soon to have a baby, you know, a couple of hours away. Mm. Um, she has this check, and the midwife, with a, quite a disappointed face, probably because she was tired, she went, oh no, you know when they're ready, uh, you're two centimeters. So you can go home, uh, and my the mother was absolutely devastated. Obviously, she just thought she'd been laboring all night. Mm. She thought she was not far off. Um, she said, "Well, your only option really is to go and have morphine and pethidine." So potentially, that if there hadn't been a doula there, that would have could have gone mm. down the track of what? Oh my God! Confidence knocked. Mm. It's just too painful now. If I thought I was nearly there and I'm not, there's no way I can manage this. This is a textbook thing mm-hmm. that happens all mm-hmm. the time. Um, she needed reassurance and wasn't really in the offing, right? So, um, thankfully, <laughs> then we were left. And I don't know what made me do it. And this is what part of the doula job is that you, I think every doula will tell you this, that you respond, you do not react. You respond to every woman in each individual situation. You find yourself doing things that you didn't know you were going to do, that you even knew, yeah. you know? And I don't know why I did this, but I got underneath her tummy. It sounds really strange. I don't know, I mean, that's hard to explain. She had, had her hand on the bed and she put her bottom really back and she'd lengthened out her back. Mm. She had a terrible backache and, and we were all a bit, oh my God, right, we're going to go to antenatal ward for this, for this, because um, she did say she wanted this because she couldn't carry on. And while I, I think I was doing without a rebozo, sort of gently, rebozo is like, when yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like a, a, it's like a Mexican scarf. Yeah, that kind of releases neighbor. tension. So I was sort of trying to do a little bit of tension release, basically. And while I was sort of, I've never even been under at that angle. I was on my knees and she was stretched out and I was underneath her. And she went, oh my God, I f- I'm retching, right? I'm heaving. And I looked at her tummy and the whole tummy was like when you're being sick, right? I could see it was, it was downy, like like a downy grip. Like, yeah, like yeah, a Downward yeah. thrust, yeah. Because we had been told it was two centimeters, not neither her even with my experience <laughs> or her obviously she's in now yeah. she's just believing what she's been told yeah had it occurred to us that it was pushing because you've just been told this set of facts that of course you mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. it took me about three seconds to realize but i mean i must admit even i was like oh is she gonna be sick or something and then i saw she was pushing was like, and then 10 minutes later the midwife sort of heard the noise and was like ah oh, okay <laughs> on to birth so we reframed it got her back on track had the baby an hour later in the birth center mm. very lovely smooth birth but can you see in that incident now in i haven't described what i was doing as well as tension release but was of course rebooting her energy her focus her i was like oh my god you're amazing do you know what it's exactly as we thought mm. you are so doing this you are amazing this is happening it didn't take much and the reason why it didn't take much is because she knows me mm-hmm. we've got a relationship and she knows i know yeah and I suppose it's also that being there from earlier on in labor so obviously um 
if you are going to give birth on a labor ward or on a birth center or even if you're meeting a midwife for a home birth the idea is that the midwife joins you when you are in what would be considered to be established labor Mm -hmm. which kind of within the sort of medical system has some quite arbitrary rules about when uh, established labor is kind of considered but when you've got somebody that's there earlier on and sees that progression and not not that not the physical progression not checking a cervix and sticking it in a box but seeing how that behavior of a woman sort of changes and again this is something even this is what a lot of very good midwives will rely on is noticing the different stages of labor you can't measure a cervix and stick it in a box and say yeah you're in this stage of labor you're in that stage of labor it's so it's so much more holistic than that and it's so multiple variables and it's and also it's it's because since we started um doing you know managing birth in the way we have since the 70s in the form it's in now like very mainly 98 percent of people have their baby in hospital it's 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 kind of we've lost some of the the the, the most important wisdom you have to release in your head your heart and your vagina sort of mm. thing. I mean, it's, it's a multiple, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, it's many layers, right? Yeah. And when those, when the stars align and all those things are happening and the mother gives in, gives way and lets go, the baby comes. So whether, whether she's two, I mean, so many people, you must have had this experience, you know, you could be two centimetres and have a baby soon. You could be 10 centimetres and have the baby hours away. Yeah. It's all, it's all about many things and you can't really, it's unmeasurable in the nuts and bolts way like that. Yeah. And Absolutely. so once you remove the continuity of care, you can, the, the, the problem is that birth will self-fulfill. Do you see that? Because if if you tell a woman that it's it's mm-hmm. X or Y or Z, mm-hmm. well, one, her, her brain wakes up, two, tension comes in. Yeah. You can actually make that happen. So I always call that, I've got a, I've got to sort of conceptualise it, I call her the, th- the three centimetre woman because of course, so many women go in when they reach a point of depth mm-hmm. now it won't be quite labor labor because quite sensibly they are going on what is now a kind of sense of give in their body right yeah that first sense of give which is when the baby's just starting to press more open the cervix is about three centimeters so quite understandably the woman sort of goes into that point but that isn't quite established labor yeah so now they get told oh sorry you're not ready you need to go home now the mother's like, oh my goodness, because her contractions will be very, very strong. Yeah, is it going to get yeah, way it, it, worse? It, this is than nothing. This. I'm yeah. only at the beginning. I'm not yeah. even in labour. Now you now you set up a train of mm-hmm. a lot of adrenaline, a lot of tension, a lot of fear. Yeah, and you send them home with no resources. Yeah, I mean actually, if the woman goes home, she probably stands the best chance of it unfolding normally. But if she if if she doesn't, she panics. She can so easily. That's why you end up with so many people having an epidural and difficulties and interventions and complications because of this sort of false um it's like a false assessment in a sense mm. i mean i know people say oh it tells you something but it tells you it's very, you, you can gather small... some helpful information well, well, from the it, best is just tell them the texture of the cervix that's the best not the number but how how soft and giving and stretchy and elastic is the cervix that's going to tell you much more yeah than any number but the few tell a woman she's two or three centimeters she's going to give up and there's a misunderstanding of of what the cervix does in labor as well, I guess, is that people think that one centimeters is the very first stage of a, of a cervix doing something, but you to sort of there. forget that yeah. actually it's long and it's hard and it's pointing mm. backwards and all mm. of that needs mm. to change for, for most women before it starts opening kind of 
at all. And equally, some women, particularly if they've had a baby before, might be sitting at three or four centimetres for weeks yes, exactly. before they exactly, give birth, exactly. before they're even in labour. Well, actually, that brings me to um, something I often want, I'd love to address, and if I can say it now, which is that I think that so many of the problems have come, in terms, when I say problems, what I mean is why is birth now a 50-50? Mm-hmm. You've got now nearly 50% chance of having an emergency outcome, which is yeah. unbelievably I think shocking. it's around 80% of births have some kind of intervention yeah, in exactly. them now, So that's pretty, so pretty depressing. And that might not matter if you're in a society where that's what women expect and want, but that's not what the studies show. What the studies show is that 75% mm. of women want um, a birth as, yeah. na- as natural as possible. So um, that's not right. It's a mismatch, and we need to work out why. So the thing that I've noticed when I was writing my second book, Why Home Birth Matters, I started to really analyse by talking to some very old ladies, actually. So I talked talk to people of, who would have been giving birth in the 40s and 50s, uh, well, 50s mainly, um, early 50s, and my mother, and, you know, and, and worked out what is missing now. And actually, the main thing that's made things go a bit awry is what, exactly what you just said, this loss of understanding about what has to come first, mm. combined with um, super-duper focus on when am I going to hospital? Yeah. Which creates an unnatural disjoint in flow. Because if all your focus is on what's next, when am I there, am I ready, count contractions, you are not moving through each feeling as you feel it. You are anticipating, apprehending, everything's about mm-hmm. the next thing. Basically turning birth into a linear project. Mm-hmm. It's like I've got to get to my destination. Mm-hmm. So, so um, all the focus is about the journey in. And I get it as midwife um, Rachel Reed, the uh, author of Midwife mm-hmm. Thinking, you know, she points out it's a totally instinctive, natural thing for any mammal, female, to try to get to where they want to be, to get to where they're going to be to give birth. But the problem is it's made us, and this is the important bit, utterly discount the, what I call the build, the build to birth, where we should be ignoring it best we can, distracting yourself doing a normal life Mm -hmm. and then when you can no longer ignore it getting cozy Mm -hmm. hot blanket hot water bottle of film and then there's even the third stage of that which is more sort of um you know yes even a bath can help it's a massage but you're still kind of if you are going to have a hospital birth you're still not really ready but that sounds like such a subjective judgment i don't mean they're not ready I mean, the hospital isn't ready for yeah. them. You know, I yeah, mean, I yeah, think yeah. they should be able to go in whenever, but the system can't accommodate yeah. it, right? So because we've lost this knowledge um, and there's so much adrenalized focus, I'm not saying this judgmentally, but often from partners, completely understandably, they are quite shocked, I think, to discover what is on, on their shoulders at home. Mm. And they're seeing their partner sighing puffing blowing on all fours and thinking well my god we've got to go in you know and they're seeing the contractions are coming every three minutes think box tick box tick box tick let's go but that's a strange uh benchmark to be guided by people who've never somebody who's not only never experienced birth but will never have seen one yeah and yet and i mean you are supposed to technically phone the hospital and ask but that's another often then answer the phone or you might not you won't know the person you're speaking to and that coming back to the doulas is like what we we fill in that gap mm. on the the vacuum that is there we go to the home and often we have interviews people say oh so we meet you at hospitals i know no 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 we're home for a long time two-thirds of what of labor is at home mm. even if you don't plan a home birth yeah you are going to be laboring at home and what my point is is that women and well sorry let's put it this way the babies and the mother's body should be 
um, the lead front and centre of what's going on. You follow them. Yeah. But the way we do it is that we expect the babies and the progress in the body to wrap around a pre-prescribed set of conditions, a pre-prescribed um, timeline. And is it any surprise that they, the, the babies then don't, it doesn't sort of go to what we imagine, this one centimetre to an hour or whatever. Yeah. But if you're at home and you settle at home and you have the support of a knowing person with you, a doula, mm-hmm. to guide you on what is normal, what is not, you then relax. So by relax, I don't mean that really annoying word <laughs> that we use now, relax. Like yeah. be so, I just mean be. Yeah. That's all, that's all the word yeah. relax means. It just means stop anticipating stop planning don't think about where you're going to be next just go and have a bath mm. like i'll often get people to sleep through the night right and they'll go but how am i going to sleep you how can you sleep through contraction well of course you're not technically sleeping but you're doze breathing and you're lying down and you're under your lovely cozy duvet and the lights are off now you can get through a lot of contractions like that with a really good mm-hmm. propping and support and a hot water bottle in your back but instead most people are pacing the house mm-hmm. timing contractions on an app um, lights all over the place, suitcase yeah. in the hall, waiting to go. Yeah. And then you've wasted a whole night's sleep. You're exhausted. That kind of, so that's the type of thing doulas fill in on that vitally missing knowledge. Mm. You know, the build. Yeah. Um, the, the, exactly as you said, what is, what is going to happen before you even start dilating? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And there's always, I always get from clients, I get a lot of, in that those kind of last few days last few weeks potentially before a baby kind of decides to make their appearance that for most women that's the kind of time where anxiety tends to build again even if they've been feeling pretty confident throughout pregnancy that kind of oh is it (laughs) phone buzzing with exactly that right now um and and it's like I guess it's that as well it's you know you can go to a midwife appointment you can sort of phone up but you don't get that almost like f- sort of friendly, motherly, that reassurance. We will go to, doulas are your go-to. And that's exactly it. I say it now in my, um, when we're setting it up as a, an agreement, I make sure that point is made because it can be really easy to say, right, we come and do these meetings and we attend you in birth and mm. this is how it works. But I now put a paragraph where I say, just picture it, you know, we are your go-to in the middle of the night if needs be. Yeah. If you woke up in the middle of the night and you just felt a bit funny, ring us. You know, yeah. that, that's okay. You know, yeah. so, so, and somebody to say, or even like you say, I just feel a bit anxious or I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that. Um, there isn't anywhere where that in, in no. our current culture. And I something I often say to, to partners, actually, I do this little test and I say, um, right, I bet currently that when your partner goes to her midwife appointment, you think that she's having a sort of, quite attuned one-to-one where she'll be having some checks but she'll also be talking about birth that she might have the odd question that she can have answered about what's a contraction or what does the placenta look like or how does it mm. feel and then I look at the mother and I say and now explain what does happen and they just shake their head and then and that's always a revelation yeah. to partners that there's no information sharing in those meetings well there's Even, not time then, like, no, there's, nobody, yeah. then there's nobody's fault no 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 oh, no I don't mean it's the midwife should do it it's not what it's yeah. for. I mean, it's it's up. But I meant when I said earlier about a mismatch of expectation. Mm. I didn't say it, did I? But I think there's a massive mismatch of what women expect and what they get. Yeah. See? So I think women go into. I know I did. I was pregnant, and I remember thinking I was going to get lots of information or be have it sort of individually mm. attuned to me. Like, how do you feel? You know, what's it going to? I mean, of course, midwives are going to say, "How do you feel?" But there's no time for them to 
I mean, the birth plan is discussed at 37 weeks or something. And even then, often these days, it's a template in the back of the notes. You know? Oh, and yeah, we had a, I think it was a double appointment, which meant it was 30 minutes to talk. It takes me 12 hours to talk through essentially birth preferences on our yeah. courses. You're like, there's no, and, and within that appointment, you still have to exactly. test urine and take blood pressure and yeah. listen so to baby's heart. It's, it's not, not, it's not the, a system yeah. failure that, that, or rather is it a failure, is that we just need to understand what is the system there to provide. There's a thing I keep saying, I'm sorry if, if other if people listening have heard me say this, but I say, okay, what does a doula do, right? It's it, really what we're doing is we're compensating for this, this gap. And what the gap is, is that women underestimate what labor is going to involve and they overestimate what maternity care can provide. Mm-hmm. And it's not, a, 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 you know, I really personally do not like the idea of um, hospital versus you know, there's sort of medical birth versus nurses natural birth or um, somehow that there's them and us or yeah. there's a sort of the doctors that we always laugh we said earlier didn't we that like a doctor's going to jump out of a cupboard and give you an epidural as unrequested and that people have kind of come to think that oh yes I don't want interventions thanks yeah you know that that's not what I want a natural birth it doesn't work like that you know no, everybody's on the same page and everybody's on the same side and and they will listen and but what is does need to have awareness raised to it is that it's it's an it's a it's a it is a process focused maternity care system in mm-hmm. a sense it shouldn't be it should mm-hmm. be more mother focused but it can't be because of the numbers mm-hmm. and sheer volume of through traffic yeah right so there has to be a kind of system um so if you don't want to be like on the Ikea's, like a, those those arrows in Ikea that you have to follow. <laughs> if you don't want yeah. your birth to go down that 50-50 chance, which you would, you know, you are going to have, yeah, a 50% chance of, of, of normal-ish. But even then, as you said, yeah, only a two in 10 chance of having no intervention. Yeah. It's hardly anything. Then you need to pull yourself out of the, from under that blanket, if you like, um, and find out what you physiologically need to give birth with these what kind of support is going to help you, which doesn't have to be a doula, can be a, a partner, absolutely can understand this. It just needs to know very mm-hmm. practically what to expect. Yeah. Um, to know very much about that build bit we talked about, that, that not, not just say, oh, well, when contractions are coming in three minutes, I'm ready. No, it's gonna, you're going to need not only to understand what to expect, um, but also to be resourced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm amazed, amazed to see because I obviously I encounter lots of pregnant women that haven't got doulas, that they sort of for, for comfort and coping, they have done a course maybe uh, last end of pregnancy. Um, they might have a tens machine, and there's a plan to use a birth pool maybe, and that will be it. And there won't be any hot water bottles. There won't be any um, sort of understanding of how your house is going to play a part. So where are you going to lie? Where are you going to lean? Where are you going to rock? Where are you going to sway? Mm. Uh, how are you going to use your bath because you can't lay back in it um, how are you you're going to have to go through a night so how are you going to go through that night are you, you I'm hopefully not pacing around like I've said yeah so one of the sessions I do as a doula is I very practically literally move room to room saying look you could sit here you could lay there you can do this mm. and start waking them up yeah to the idea that, oh I'm gonna be here and, mm. and, the, and the other thing that that does is that one of the big fears around birth now I think for modern women is that they feel helpless. There's a lot of helplessness and fear. I think that's because there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So people, they hear these lots of difficult stories. They never seem to end the same. Everybody's got complications. It just seems like a great big old lottery, right? 
not true if you, as we know, put a few things in place. But besides that, there are some absolute reliables, which is the first thing is you're going to be there. Two, unless you've got very medicalized, you know, something really a really urgent issue where you're going to start off in hospital, mm-hmm. you are going to be at home. Mm. So these are two immediately two big fat facts that you need to work into your expectations. Yeah. Like, oh, so how am I going to use my shower? How am I going to be in my bath? Well, how many pillars have I got to prop between my legs? And where's my husband going to sleep? Because I'm going to need the whole bed. You know, that, things like that. And, yeah. and who? And is he going to fill my hot water bottles and be queued up to fill my hot water bottles? You know, people haven't got sort of an understanding of how much can help. How e- how how the simple things yeah. that can help. Yeah. You see what I mean? Um, and something that you kind of touched on that I suppose kind of sort of answers this question, but um. That this is a question that often comes up either from birth partners or from sort of women who do already feel quite supported by their birth partners is they wonder kind of and I know this isn't the answer but does a doula replace a birth partner does a but what does a birth partner feel about having a doula and I know it's often actually not what most people expect mm. it's often a question that we get asked when we go for a first meeting or an mm. interview like um how does it complement or is it going to literally leave fathers out completely not the opposite <laughs> is the case in fact we often find that we end up being more of a doula for the father than the mother mm. than the, the mother in the end because uh she will be so ready so birth ready and so confident that she just goes into herself and she's fine so often just us being down in the kitchen with the father just i went to a birth in the summer and we both made a meal for when they got back or when the, mm. when the baby was born and so I'm sort of I'm not even really we weren't really even talking we had the cricket on and um he was brilliant and actually he hadn't expected to stay at home at all um but they they had the midwife come to them but they did transfer and then he found to his surprise that it was in hospital that he felt like a spare part okay and then when we were at home there was always something to do and mm. I was saying well can you you know there's always a hot water bottle to fill or a bath to run or go he used to go and lay with her and give her a cuddle and just tell her she was you know yeah you're having our baby yeah you know that love you know so there's no what, what I find is that we lift the pressure yeah of them having to be ironically the birth coach we said at the start yeah. I, think, I think sometimes yeah. it's a misunderstanding on the part of um you know partners and also i think sometimes mistaught in birth education that you are the coach come on you're going to get her through this yeah. and that's not fair because how mm, can you no. load all that on yeah. shoulders when they never felt it they don't really know i don't mean that patronizingly i think that would be the same with any experience oh that you've i mean never I'm had. The first, as a student midwife the first birth that i ever saw i mean i was essentially useless it was absolutely amazing but the it was actually the mum's third birth and at the end, the dad just thought it was hilarious that he'd been at more births than I had, and I was there for just that. And it was an, it was amazing, but yeah, I was. Experience it was, is, you have to have experience for yeah. it to stay relaxed. So just my my standing there. I mean, there's a famous. I mean, I've, again, I've probably said this lots of times, but um, famously, I've had people, dads say, "I loved it when you put your slippers on." You got. I come in the house. Yeah. First thing I have to do is put my slippers on, and I usually go and make myself a tea. And actually, I quite deliberately make myself a tea, and I because I want to. I mean, because I used to be by now, mm. and it's just sending a message, which is, oh no, I'm here to stay now. You know, I'm not. I'm just settling yeah. in, and you know, and I'm I'm a guest, but I've yeah. got enough of a license. So yeah. let's just have a cup of tea. And the reason I'm doing that is because we can hear probably by now the mother's noises and low moans or sighs mm. from wherever she is, or um and 
I'm sending a very powerful message to him, which is I'm not running in. Yeah, checking and in. And checking on and like, and he will have usually been thinking, wow, that sh- she's really there. She's really in this. This is, this is full on. Yeah. And then when they suddenly see your body not reacting like it's full on, and it's like, yeah, this is as it yeah. should be. This is a, yeah. and even getting my book out or sitting on the staircase with my knitting or something, um, they're like, oh, Okay, so the, like, the urgency kind yeah. of disappears and they come and and giving them license to say right, you go to bed for a bit, mm. um, or go. Uh, I was laughing with a family last night that uh, telling this man about what is normal, and I went to a birth a couple of years ago. I'm sure they'll recognise themselves if they hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned up in the morning, and I could sort of it wasn't it was early days. There were strong contractions, but I could sort of feel that there wasn't time to wasn't the time to do anything. So she just sort of comforting herself she was lying listening to radio play and he was really sort of wandering around going mm, what do I do do I put the birth call up to put, put, you know, this yeah up? and I and I was like no 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 I said what do you want to do and he said I'd like to go to the gym and I went, go to the gym he yeah said, we're not even calling a midwife yet you're not even yeah anywhere we were just and of course there was no sense as there would have been at hospital of like oh we're not there how are we doing mm. where are we going the mother was completely happy um um you know resting on her side she wasn't doing anything you know like focusedly she just was listening to this she loved listening to radio 4 actually in the background yeah. you know, and um had a bit of lavender and a hot water bottle and that was that so i re- i read downstairs he went to the gym then he comes back with loads of um danish pastries and croissants and we had coffee and that lovely. was lovely yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was and she was she had a little bit yeah and then she went back and she did some different positions and she was just uh, and then he sort of went what now yeah <laughs> And I said, what do you want? He said, well, I do need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and he went for a haircut. And then finally, about five o'clock, it ramped up and suddenly went into action. And um, he he put the birth pool up and very, very, it started me very quickly. We got the midwife round and suddenly he went into all the things that dads would imagine they're doing. He now became the primary birth partner. Mm. I was very practically in the background and he went forehead to forehead with his partner and he made a sort of strong rope of his fists if you like and she could hang off his fists as the pushing mm. feelings came and they sort of gave birth together mm. you know yeah they sort of he was directing his energy down making a clenched fist that she could grip and squeeze and feel and he's feeling the force of their child arriving i mean could there be anything yeah. more amazing so there's often not much t- you know to give him the permission it's fine at this point to go to the um you know to go to do it if you want of course if you haven't got a doula you wouldn't leave a mother on her own necessarily but you would certainly yeah. be normal to go and do some emails or go down mm. to the end of the garden to your shed or whatever you're doing yeah. you know what i mean you don't have to be over the mother but it's hard if you don't know that in mm. advance do you know what i mean yeah and something that we i always talk about on our courses in terms of sort of the birth partners and what something that I think is kind of really important and underestimated, which I guess the role of a doula completely provides, is that normally as a, you know, partner of a woman in labour, if you are feeling anxious or nervous or worried or concerned or you have a question, probably the person that you'd normally bounce this around with oh, yes, that's true. is you your partner. Yes, you can't. And you can't, that's I've not... I've never thought of Yeah, that. you can't disturb them in labour to be like, oh, you know... So you're I'm right, the this. loneliness of the... So lo- mm, it's a loneliness. It so, is. So, and you're alone. Yeah. And the hospital, you know, who are you going to speak to? You've got no connection. Yeah. And that's the thing when you think back to the what does a doula do, is that the fact that there isn't a someone... To, to contact is, mm. is, 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 is a shame. And also, of course, we're living in a, an era 
where even mothers and grandmothers um, of this generation having babies at the moment might not necessarily have a confidence to share. I mean, I always tell people, as you know, I'm a big believer in you know mother matching and, and hooking people up who 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 so that you can share the knowledge. But I um, think people haven't always got a friend that they could. F- so say the father mm. in that moment to to phone another family friend or guy and say was this normal yeah and they don't want necessarily to do that in the middle yeah it's the most obvious thing to do yeah. isn't it? is it you know do you think we should do this do you think we should do that yeah. the way that we live most most yeah. people that i teach don't have family mm. locally mm. Exactly. um and so it's that kind of sub, that big big support network of that kind of completely unconditional mm. love and support yeah, yeah. um and love is like a really big part of it because yes. you just need that's what you need to feel when you're in labor more than anything, anything else yeah when we were going back to the nuts and bolts and where you are you, you know a mother only has to sort of feel safe in that mm. loved way yeah and babies can labor accelerates away and a baby can be yeah. born i mean it's it is literally that mm. that um unpindownable it's, it's you can't um the factors that make a baby come are not easily measured really no because like, it's a feeling and it's not like a i do a, a sort of give out a birth partner's checklist and I'm very clear to point out that this is not a checklist of things that you have to tick off yes that you have to have achieved by the time the baby's I'm glad you said that because my book has got a few lists and I always worry that it's shopping listy but it's so hard to give people an idea yeah and give them a lot of ideas without it sounding like something in our modern day that you have to do this. Yeah, this, this, in this, early like labour, you must yeah. watch a funny film, put yeah. on your favourite music, make yeah. a play. Like, you don't have yeah. to, they're, they're kind of like a, it's just a, resource. a buffet, isn't it's it? That like you can go yeah. and yeah. Pick, pick and choose from exactly. kind of what you exactly. what you want. Um, so you kind of, you've mentioned your book a few, well, two books actually, mm. um, a few times. So I suppose just before we kind of wrap up, um, Natalie's book, How to Have a Baby, um, is sort of, what would you say, Mother Gathered? Yes, on the front it's called Mother Gathered Guidance of Birth and New Babies. Um, I think there is this very much this sort of isolation and this sense of having to remake the wheel every time and everybody enters pregnancy, like, in a way, from a standing start. And that's like crazy because there's this massive wealth of knowledge Mm. out there that isn't from an expert base or a theory based or a sort of midwife textbook or you know the maternity care system itself it's just sitting there with your friend down the road mm. who 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 found a bath at a certain point was amazing or yeah. um you know that lavender oil to breathe on a handkerchief is just like an amazing painkiller yeah. you know yeah how do you sleep like we said earlier through labor so um I, I i wrote the book to kind of gather that very homespun yeah um um, um, you know, and it's very experience-based, homespun advice. There is biology in there because I sit everything on biology. You know, that's I, I'm very sick to death of the cultural messages that we're continually receiving. You know, do birth this way, do birth that mm. way, choices, choices, all the the stuff that kind of is on the surface of birth. Yeah. Whereas a much simpler thing, the first page, the first. When I sat down and wrote it, I thought, where do I start? Where mm. do I start? Because it's all Yeah, I don't know. And the very first thing I decided to write about was what I call be a blank page. But, you know, be a clean page, it yeah. says here. Um, and just to get the kind of fact front and centre of what their body needs and what is what is the female biology of birth. Yeah. You know, what, what's, and, 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 so, and the reason I said that, because I wanted them to do that, was because it can't be argued with. 
That, that's the main reason. Yeah. It's, like, it's not subject to personal Yeah, it's opinion. not something that you decided. <laughs> it's something I decided. It's not something the lady up the road because she had a terrible birth and she wants to worry and warn you. It's not because your um, you know, partner thinks this or the lady at work thought that. It, it, or the doctor even mm. thinks X, Y, or Z. It's absolutely inarguable, non-negotiable physiology. Yeah. Right? So I sit it on that. And that's why I'm inviting people to, to challenge yourself. Ask yourself, where did I get that idea? Because you all have been handed all these ideas mm-hmm. um, through your life, through a, tra- a woman's life. She'd have t- started picking them up in the playground, you know. And, and often it results in a lot of anxiety, fear, and mistrust of, of birth process. I mean, it would be no different to sort of. I, I was thinking, you just, this might be like a silly example, but I have to, I used it recently, so I might as well. Um, I was with a couple and the mother was sort of showing quite a lot of excitement and trust in the process and then the partner said um, but do remember it's your first and this is one of the big myths like as if first babies are Mm. always going to be quite you know I mean they are longer labours most usually first labours but still the same physiology applies right but mostly people don't think that and they sort of think oh yeah but come on you don't know anything yet you haven't done it yet mm. as if birth was something you learnt mm. as if birth um, a first time mum is a rookie like somehow she's yeah. <laughs> a second time mum now there is a degree of experience and confidence that makes a second birth easier of course but the idea that she's not phil- physiologically as competent in mm. the second one it's just total yeah. nonsense and so I went but that isn't really true and when this I said when this baby comes out within the first hour you know and expect that your baby will know how to wee and very probably pass the cone and poo yeah you do not imagine that you have to sit down with this baby and teach it to do these physiological functions yeah. that are automatic from its body it knows yeah. what to do that's the level we're talking and he sort of went quiet i said that that literally yeah even if you knocked her out you know you were unconscious there's a mm. coma I, I can't you know there's millions of examples of it yeah teenagers who don't know they're pregnant yeah you know that birth will happen with or without you because it is a program it's an inbuilt you know inherent yeah and it's uh, for some reason knowledge. we doubt this system even though we don't you know you don't wake up every morning and kind of like think about well how am i going to breathe today yeah or, yeah um, but i understand why people have got confused because, oh, yeah. I, because you know after 80 years of um a very you know quite a medical model of birth we imagine we have to be delivered of our babies mm. and that someone has to manage us and measure us measure us for yeah. it to happen yeah yeah and um so anyway to go back to the book in in that sense um it was a gathering of all those demystifying you know using biology as the basis but to sort of explain it back in a way that is easily understood yeah so that's how it starts so it's divided into three sections it's the, the first section is preparing the middle section is about labour itself and how it feels, and the third section is life in those first days, you know, because landing, I always yeah. think, it's like landing yeah. on this new planet, you know, and trying to break down some of those feelings which don't always get addressed. Mm-hmm. So that I addressed that a lot in that third section about, yeah. like, early days, just, kind of, just as a kind of gentle awareness raiser yeah, in a nice way, you know, saying easily, easily got through, just certainly worth a think yeah, you know to be kind of aware of. so yeah so it's like it's do it so i self-published it and um and in that sense it's kind of different i suppose because it's not i don't know it's a bit niche i suppose in the sense it's not kind of out there so the one i suppose the one thing that i loved most about it was in the kind of birth section and obviously so by the time i gave birth i had seen a vast number of women give birth 
I was very familiar with the kind of physiological processes. I understood all of the kind of birth choices and stuff. But something that I loved about it that I just hadn't even considered was the kind of the mental journey of labor and it's you know even having supported women in labor I just go what's going on kind of inside your head and I, now this is something oh, that's that so I interesting. yeah I've never had anyone say that. and this that's is so... something that I've now built into all of our courses that you know I talk through labor kind of from a physiological process what is literally happening inside your body and then on top of that I always talk through now what like what your brain has done so I like the your comparison in the in the book is that it's kind of like two separate rooms mm, mm. Um, and I kind of talk about it as this kind of like line of labor and the kind of the first bit is that you know and ideally like pretending yes yeah pretending you're not in it as for as long as you possibly can and then comes that kind of like zone where step change to be quite honest I for my kind of own personal birth I was on a, an antenatal ward at this point in time I could have been anywhere in the world. I did not have a clue what was going on around me. And it's that mm. was this kind of, mm. and that was something that I just hadn't I know, and it's anticipated not yeah. at all. Like, I'm really glad that I, I never had a conversation about it from that perspective. And I, I remember when I was writing it, I used to go away to this, because I couldn't write it here because the kids were still little, and I used to go away to this B&B in Lewis. And I, mem- I can literally, as you say that, I can remember try- thinking, as you say, the narrative of birth internally, like going, how can I... Um, really explain those feelings mm. because it is a, it is about and um, people often describe them from an external viewpoint and they often you'll read women retreat women mm. withdraw they go into a zone yeah but actually why do we continually talk about birth from the outsider's yeah. viewpoint what does it feel like it doesn't feel like retreat it feels like expanse yeah. it feels like actually you become one with your environment so utterly that yeah. you, as we said at the start you lose a sense of time you lose a sense of awareness of the room, in a sense, and you 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 are everything, and your baby is everything, and the, the, you're like a big pulse, you mm. know, you're a heartbeat, you're just this. this it's, it sounds sounding very hippy dippy, but actually, you know, it's transcendent. You are transcending yeah. and transforming. I'm hoping that well through this book, but also through the site, Tell Me Your Good Birth Story, when mothers share their experience with each other, that's the kind of thing like you've just wonderfully shared. It's yeah. like it doesn't you learn so much more when you hear how does it feel mm. my just to end on that my tip when i had a baby my first baby i i i often say this i went and asked two friends how it felt in that way you've just said but i also knew that somebody had a greengrocers and uh one of our managers had a um a midwife wife and i asked yeah. i took her out for a curry and uh, asked her for her best tip and she said to me as a mother and a midwife she gave me both perspectives and she said, you will, don't think you might, she said, you will get to a point where you think, enough, mm. I can't do this, mm. forget it. I don't mean transition, actually, mm. everyone thinks you mean the end, I don't mean that, I mean, I think it's earlier than that, I think it's like, if you're really to look at the technicals, it would be like seven, eight centimetres, is when the baby is now so pressing and mm-hmm. your pelvis is expanding and it really feels deep. And she said, and you will, it might even happen twice, she said, and trust me, everybody feels it, and, and with the right conditions and the right support, you will pass through it. And that's the kind of thing you need to know. Yeah. And when I felt it, I almost remember laughing in my head. I mean, mm. I didn't laugh because it was really, yeah. really loud. <laughs> I, I remember going, oh my God. But I did think she said this would happen. Yeah. That I do yeah. feel this is, uh, and then, you know, you know, you know, Jenna, the doula Jenna, she always has a lovely phrase for it. You know, she says, 
this does this won't get bigger than you won't get bigger than you you know th- those that's mm. where doulas can come in yeah. with that that sort of if you see a mother sort of slightly mm. losing it and thinking i can't do this just helping her over that hump um and re- and always having told her in the first in, you know in advance this is going to happen yeah that puts her in a state a, a, a situation of power and an empowerment to deal with that moment and not be so frightened of it that she, she goes oh my god i can't do it you know and um it would be it's sensations like that that i hope the birth sorry the book um leads a woman on a pathway as i call it and each page has a point that sort of leads you through a yellow brick road sort of yeah, thing you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that you know that you keep going step by step through the pregnancy through the birth on and beyond like a hand holding mm. your hand mm. that's how i hope it is yeah yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I could literally, we're sure we could talk about this all day. Um, but to kind of wrap us up then, um, things that I'm sure you've probably convinced everybody now that they definitely need a doula when it comes to preparing for their birth. Um, what, if somebody wants to get a doula, what should they be looking for? Where should they be looking? Kind of on a practical level, how do you get yourself a doula? I mean, you literally Google it, obviously, and you'll find there's two sources. There's there's Doula UK has the, um, if you put in Doula UK, they'll have a find the doula page. Um, you put in your postcode and there'll be a selection of doulas. And there's also Find My Doula, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of ways to find a doula. Once you're on the pages that, give you the option to put your postcode in my suggestion would be because it can be a bit overwhelming mm. there's a lot of people and you think where do i start and of how course, do i know yeah something that i always say about doulas and people oh i don't know if i do this you know doulas are as u- unique as people yes, like exactly so exactly. one doula will a... be right for somebody and you know like how you could be friends with somebody and you exactly. know not have much in common with somebody else and exactly that's why actually that makes it simpler because i think what people do is they see the, the biogs and stuff and they think oh my god how would i know mm. but actually it's really simple because you would first of all it is a sifting process first of all quite literally like when you're you know doing anything you will be drawn or, or your, yeah. your eye will be caught by something it might be a word that describes something it might be a photo whatever and then you would literally take five maybe phone five and have an initial first chat yeah that will then take it down to two probably yeah either because of their own availability or you just didn't you just felt something they said mm-hmm. wasn't quite you whatever and then you, and then you, two or three, and then you would meet two or three. Yeah. And they come to your house, and it's usually free that meeting, and you just have a, you know, literally a cup of tea, either in your with your partner or not with your partner, um, where you can literally have a few questions. Usually, the doula can almost guide you on what you need to know because the, here's the problem: women don't know what they don't know, yeah. so they don't <laughs> kind of know what to ask. But yeah. it, it never worry about that because the doula will, you know, as you really rightly pointed out no doula wants to not that for their for their mother not to feel safe and relaxed so if you don't feel kind of right with somebody yeah. i wouldn't pursue that and i'd sort of i mean you know you would sort of it's instinctive you know when it has a yeah. kind of oh, of course you yeah. Do, yeah and it, by the way it's not an individual you do have to connect but it's not about oh are we going to be mates Is no, this no. Inter- it's not intimacy no it's more like can i completely feel at ease mm. with this person almost yeah. as if they're like wallpaper like it's actually the opposite of friendship yeah. in some respect. it's like is this person's i can take for granted oh yeah i mean i've got some friends that i wouldn't want to have with me in labor so <laughs> yeah. yeah do you know what i mean so it's, it's exactly so it's that kind of thing um so they then would you know once they've got it usually it becomes a, a, a 
for, you know, foregone conclusion. Once you've met somebody, you mm-hmm. kind of know. Yeah. And then you book from there. And it's and it's not just to make a really important point. It's not um, a you know, finance never needs to be an issue. All doulas, as far as I know, will vary their their scale their mm. payment scheme. You can pay in instalments. It is a private. Obviously, it is it is not on on the NHS. That is something yeah. to say. But um, you can do everything from bespoke packages, um, fees get reduced. Obviously, most students, if you're unemployed, student or, or low income, huge reductions. You just mm-hmm. discount. You just talk to talk yeah. to the doula and ask her, explain. And if she can't do it, she will know someone who, who, who is supporting yeah. in that way. And we all spread it out so that that can be the case. Yeah. And that would extend even to, you know, you know, lots of, some doulas at the moment, I know working, they work in prisons, they work for refugees. I mean, you know, there's always a mm. birth companion to be had. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. And the final question that we ask to everybody on all of our podcasts is if you could gift pregnant women one thing, what would it be? I did think about this and I, <laughs> this isn't going to be annoying. Their great grandmother's confidence. <laughs> Which Amazing. Is like, you know, so in the sense that, you know, back in the day, like in the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, women, the birth was not something you worried about. It was just you got on and did it. And I, I mean, you can't say that for absolutely everybody, but the vast majority of women in this country, over ninety percent actually in the nineteen fifties, yeah, would have had entirely normal, uh, confident, uh, you know, would approach birth as 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 it's not a condition, it's not an illness, yeah. it's something that your body gets on and does. And so, if I could somehow package that, yeah. bottle it, yeah. I don't know what it was. It's an, you can't even pin it down, but and and just give it to mothers now, so that they can trust, relax, be curious, excited about their birth journey. Amazing, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, do just remind us one more time the names of your books. Um, and I, we haven't talked too much about it, but your fantastic website oh, as well. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, so it's there's how to have a baby, and then there's why home birth matters. So they're the two two books. And tell me a good birth story is the site. So it's www.tellmeagoodbirthstory.com. And it's just to say in summary, it's a mother matching site where people tend to think it's a library of stories. It's not a library of stories. There is a library of stories on there for people to peruse, which gives them reassurance. I've collected them over the years. There are many, many, many. There's a Facebook page, which is like almost a running blog of, of ideas, resources, thoughts. That's also of interest, quite buzzy. But the site itself is actually me matching individuals mm-hmm. together, um, literally by email. Yeah. So it's not it's not phoning or meeting. It's literally just sharing stories. But it's just a bit more personal. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please, please leave a review and hit subscribe. It makes such a huge difference to the number of women that we can reach with this need to know information about giving birth. Um, If you want to join in the conversation about this week's episode or share the episode with a friend, then head over to our Instagram page at birth underscore ed. Join us on Facebook or drop me an email. I absolutely love hearing all your thoughts on these. Um, A conversation doesn't need to end here. And if there's ever a topic that you want to hear covered, just let me know.
Everything shared on the Birth Ed podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It does not and should not constitute medical advice. Always discuss your birth choices with your own healthcare providers. Birth Ed and the guests featured on this podcast are not responsible or liable for your decision to implement anything you hear on the podcast. Please act responsibly. The views of the guest on the podcast do not represent the views of Birth Ed itself.